coming up next on Contemplate. We're not even, we're broken people. And even we, if I gave everybody a test in this room, if your child asks for, a, asks for bread, should you give him A, bread, B, a stone? I'm guessing everybody's going to get it right, right? You should probably give him bread. Stone's not going to do much good for him if he needs bread. We even get that. Even we who are evil get that. If we get that, how much more does God get what we really need? Today we'll begin in Matthew chapter 7, verse 7, as we continue to learn to trust God and seek after much more than just our physical needs. Here's Pastor David. Now, how do we know? We're going to move on to this next section now. We've kind of hit this stuff on pearls and, and swine and whatever. This next section of, of the Sermon on the Mount we're going to move into. And, and it's going to tell us how do we know how do we know who is the people who we should preach to and who are the people who we should not preach to? Who are the people who we should just live our lives the right way in front of and let the Holy Spirit sort them out? And who are the people who we should preach to? And how do we live all of this other stuff? How do we be poor in spirit and meek? All right? How do we be sexually pure? How do we do all these things that Jesus has been teaching us? How, how do we accomplish this? He's going to answer that in this next part. He's going to tell us that if we want to do those things, we have to come to him for it. We've got to ask and seek and knock. That's what he's going to tell us. Let's look at the next uh, set of verses. We're going to go from 7, 7 through 11. It says this, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. Or what man is there among you who, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more... Remember last week we talked about arguments, a fortiori arguments. If this is true, how much more is this true? How much more... Will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? And then the last part of that we'll get to, um, Lord willing, next time. Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. You want to know how to follow Jesus? You want to know how to hold grace and truth in godly tension? You want to know how to have discernment over who to give pearls to and who not to give pearls to? You want to know how to live righteously and desire righteousness and desire the kingdom of God? You got to ask for it. You got to seek it. You got to knock on the door and keep on knocking. This is these words in the Greek are in this present tense idea. It's not ask, it's keep on asking. Keep on seeking. Keep on knocking. That's what the life of a Christ follower looks like if you want these things. You want to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. You want the gifts of the Father. Listen, you are not alone. For anybody who feels lonely or feels like they're alone, if you are in Christ, you have a Father who wants to give you good gifts. You don't have to spend another second, not another day, not another instant Thinking of yourself as trying to do it by yourself. Thinking of yourself as having to live by yourself. God loves you. God is with you. It's the point of Jesus coming. He understands you. He wants to give good gifts to you. 
You have to ask and seek and knock and keep on asking and seeking and knocking. God will give you the good gifts. You don't ever have to fear about being turned away. What does it say? Everyone who asks receives. Those who seek, find. Those who knock, it will be opened. There's not a, there will be some who will knock and ask and seek, and I'm going to be like, no thanks, we're closed. And when the judgment comes, there's no more asking, seeking, and knocking. But until then, ask and seek and knock, and you will find, you will get what God has for you. But our tendency when we ask is to not necessarily ask for the right stuff. What did they ask for? Bread. Bread, 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 bread. Give me bread. I'm hungry. Like, well, I've got the words of eternal life. Mm, bread. Right? I don't get it. So we can't be that way. We've got to seek first the kingdom of God. He's just told us this. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. You want bread? That's gravy. Or gravy. You want gravy? That's also gravy. You want bread, you want clothes, you want the things you need that, that just to live, just to keep your body going? That's, that's gravy, that's extra, that's something, he knows you need that. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That's what you're asking and seeking and knocking for. I'm not saying don't ever pray that you can pay the electric bill. You got an electric bill, you see paid? Pray about it, talk to the Lord about it. But that's not the primary passionate thing we're seeking in life, is just to make sure we have the things to be comfortable. We're seeking eternal truth. We want pearls. We want more. We want more truth. Not stuff. That's not what we want. That's what bread seekers go after. That's what people who don't understand what pearls are go after. There are those who think that the highest thing that God has to offer is money and a new car or a better car and the health of their loved ones and whatever. Those are all good things. There's nothing wrong with money or nice cars or health. Those are all good things. But those are not eternal things. Those are not the things of the kingdom of God. It is upside down to have your primary interest in those things. That's what's upside down. What's right side up is to be asking and seeking and knocking after the eternal things. That's what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be asking for God's will on earth as it is in heaven. All of what he's been saying here is teaching us, going, moving into this part of what we ought to be asking for, what we ought to be seeking, what we ought to be knocking on the door for. Because you need a lot more than electricity and some clothes and whatever. You need Jesus. You need God. A lot more than the pleasures of this world, but it seems like we get kind of caught up in the other thing. James says this, and or writes this in James chapter 4. This is the second part of verse 2 and verse 3. It says, yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and you do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. That's what our prayer life looks like sometimes, if we're honest, if I'm honest. It's God, I need this, I need that, temporal stuff. I need this to work out, I need that to work out. If that's the primary aim of my prayers, I'm missing something pretty important. 
If I'm not asking and seeking and knocking for the kingdom of God and his righteousness and more Jesus, more Jesus, the deeper things of God, the deeper things about who he is, the deeper things about who I am in him, the deeper things about what we are and who we are in eternity, living that eternal life. Now, if that's not what my prayers are focused on and it's all temporal, then no wonder I don't feel like I'm growing if I do that. No wonder we're not seeing the kind of transformation we need. We're not asking for it. We're not seeking it. We're not passionate about it. And so we don't see it. God gives us good gifts because he's good. Not because we're good, because he's good. And he knows what we need. Because a, a good father knows how to give good gifts, right? We're, not even, we're broken people. And even we, if I gave everybody a test in this room, if your child asks for, a, asks for bread, should you give him A, bread, B, a stone? I'm guessing everybody's going to get it right, right? You should probably give him bread. Stone's not going to do much good for him if he needs bread. We even get that. Even we who are evil get that. If we get that, how much more does God get what we really need? I've got two kids. They ask me for things sometimes. And I would love to give them the things that they ask for. I really would. But if they came to me and said, Dad, give me all the money in your bank account. I would say, no. Because you know what? They don't need it, and it wouldn't be good for them. Same thing with God. You ask him for things that you don't need and that wouldn't be good for you, don't be surprised when he says no, because he's a good father. You ask him for the things that are in his will, you better believe he's going to say yes. You ask him for the things that are the best for you, do, do the things that are the best for me. I guarantee you he'll do them. He's promised that he will. Those things just may not be temporal pleasures, which the world seeks and the bread seekers seek. That's what they want. What do we want? Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. We want you, Jesus. We want to be passionate about you. He's teaching them by giving them the loaves and fishes that they should be seeking the spiritual side of that, not the temporal side of it. And they couldn't get it in their heads. And sometimes we don't either. But if we love Jesus... We will ask, and we will ask, and we will ask, and we will seek, and we will seek, and we will seek, and we will knock, and we'll knock, and we'll knock, and ask for his truth, ask for relationship with him, ask for closeness with him. That's what we will do. Remember earlier I said that persistent seeking is the mark of a person of passion? Persistent seeking is the mark of a person of passion. That's how you know that you got a passionate person in your hands, because you see them seeking persistently. If you love someone or you love something, you're passionate about it, you are seeking, seeking, seeking. You don't stop. You won't stop until you get it. Listen to what Jesus says. This is a parable he tells in Luke 18, 1 through 8. Then he spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart, saying, there was in a certain city a judge who did not fear God nor regard man. Now there was a widow in that city, and she came to him saying, get justice for me for my adversary. And he would not for a while. But afterward, he said within himself, though I do not fear God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her. Lest by her continual coming, she weary me. Squeaky wheels get grease, folks. It's the way it is. Then the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge said. And God, and shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him? It's another a fortiori argument. If an unjust judge will do this, how, how much more will God give to those who persistently seek him? 
Though he bears long with them, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? Will he find faith on the earth? If you believe, believe in faith that God will do what he says he will, and that he will give you pearls, the most valuable thing in the universe, that he will give you his wisdom, his truth, and himself, if you believe that, wouldn't you be praying for it all the time? God has told you, I'm your father, I will give you what you need, and I love you, and I will give you good gifts. How much time are you spending going to him? You got a lot more than a genie lamp. Genies aren't real, but the God of the universe who created everything and created you, specially has told you how much he loves you and died for you, he's real. And you can be with him all the time. What have we found in our lives that's so much more important? Temporal pleasures, bread, whatever that may be in our lives. Something to think about. Will he find faith on the earth? Because faith means you believe that he'll do for you, which means you'll be asking, you'll be seeking, you'll be knocking. Will he find faith on the earth? You bet he's going to find it right here. That's who we are going to be. We as Christ followers are going to be people of faith. That means we're seeking. We are seeking. We want to know Jesus more and more. If, if There was a persistence before Tiffany and I got married. She had to persistently seek me. <laughs> Over a long period of time, asking and asking until she finally wore me out. She, she was going to wear me out with her continual coming, right? No, that's not true. I sought her. You probably figured that out. She also has eye problems, but that's a <laughs> different issue. She had to be persistent about it. No, I did. And I'm persistent about it now because I love her. I'm persistent about seeking relationship with her. I put time and effort and energy into it, right? Because I love her. My kids, I persistently seek time with them. Why do I do that? Because there's a million other things they have to do. Friends, video games, whatever, right? I'm boring. They've got computers now. But if I want relationship, i got to persistently seek it out. That's what we do if we want relationship. We seek it out, and we're persistent, and we don't give up, and we don't get lazy. We don't lose the passion of our first love for Jesus. I have a friend in law school who was all about this girl that we went to law school with. And she was okay with him. They were friends, right? But he was in love with this girl. She, not so much. And then, slowly but surely, over time, he wore this girl down. <laughs> they got married. They have a great marriage. They have kids, whatever. But he had to be incredibly persistent. He had to be incredibly persistent. And he was. That's what it looks like. That's what it looks like to be persistent. We don't take God for granted. We ask, and we keep asking. We seek, and we keep seeking. We knock, and we keep knocking. And if that's not what our lives look like, we need to reassess whether we're living right side up or upside down. If the only thing you prayed about this week was, God, help me find my keys, I'm late for work. You should pray to find your keys when you're late for work. I'm not saying you shouldn't do that. But if that's the only thing you prayed about, something is backwards. Which is why sometimes God puts us in situations where we have nothing else and we have to rely on him because those are the only times, sometimes for us, that we'll really rely on him. How about I don't want to be in those situations? So maybe I should start praying and asking and seeking, knocking regularly. So he doesn't have to put me in situations to draw me back to him in those difficult ways. We need to be persistent to get the things we passionately desire. 
We need to passionately seek the things of God. Love, faith, peace, his strength, fulfilling work in his kingdom. That we passionately want to be better servants, better ministers to our brothers and sisters and to the world. These are the things we should passionately want. As far as bread and clothes and the rest of it, we should want those things only so far as we need them. If God wants to provide, and he does. Some people, some people have a lot more things than other people. And God's blessed them with that because he's expecting them, has an expectation they're going to be good stewards of those things for his kingdom. Right? Not that they're going to live off of 100% or 120% of what they have and never give anything to him. And then some of us might have less. Right? Well, we, but we just need what we need. We can trust him for that. We got to seek diligently the big things, the pearls. That's what a transformed and transforming life looks like. We need to be attracted to God. We need to want him. We need to seek him. And if we do, we will find him. Let's not be a people who love the bread that perishes. And that's all we can think about. Let's not be those people, right? Because eventually that person just turns into dogs and pigs that can't even see the value of a pearl. Let's be people who seek first the valuable things. That's what right side up looks like. First, the valuable things, the kingdom of God and his righteousness, relationship with Jesus, a desire to be a servant, a desire to see the kingdom move forward, a desire for the eternal, recognizing that this is very temporary. Some of you have been around a long time, I can tell. But it's very temporary compared to eternity. Let's keep an eternal mindset and seek those things. Let's be a church. Let's be the body of Christ here that is truly looking to the future, that people might look at us and say, these people are passionate. They are people of passion. And how do I know? Because they seek Jesus and they seek Jesus and they seek Jesus. Their words don't even matter anymore. I don't need them to preach to me. They're preaching to me with their life. That's who we need to be. We want to draw people to know him, fulfill the great commission, make disciples, baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teach them to obey all that he's commanded. Then we better start desiring that, asking for it, seeking it, knocking on the door over and over and over. Let's be that church. Another great lesson, wasn't it? Now, if you find that some of your priorities are upside down, we'd love to help. Call us at 360-885-9000 or send us an email, info at axchurchnw.org. There really is peace, contentment, and so much more as we get things right side up. 360-885-9000. Thanks for listening. And I hope you'll join us next time for more great Bible teaching with Pastor David Robinson here on Contemplate.